everybody. Welcome to episode 178 of Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast. As you all know, we are a Paul McCartney show, mainly dealing with the solo career of Paul McCartney. I'm one of your two co-hosts, and you may know me from my other show, Talk More Talk. I am Tom Hanyadi, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Andy Nichols, my backwards traveler, my buddy. How you doing, my friend? I'm well, Tom, and uh, happy to uh, be back again. For a fresh episode with a, with a new guest uh, for me, yeah. and, and uh, to be back on again, freshly rested after the last weekend's activities in Chicago with the Beatles Fest, a fest for Beatles fans, and uh, you know, finally decompressed and de-stressed and ready to right. really interview somebody. I've uh, been, you know, for you know, looking forward to it because this gentleman's book has been in my collection for about twenty years, almost, yeah, that's... almost, almost twenty years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, I mean, you've got uh, you've got a couple of his uh, of his books there. I've got a couple of them here. Uh, he's responsible for the uh, the Paul McCartney series, the song he was singing. And he's also got the uh, the George Harrison two book series, Soul Man, uh, and then there's the Lennon book as well, right? Uh, you've got the Lennon book right there too. Yeah, uh, and, and I've actually got the other one, but I've loaned it, which was the other one, the Together Alone, the the, the combined yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I had yeah. I, I loaned that one to to an uncle of mine about a decade ago, and I haven't gotten it back since. <laughs> <laughs> Listen but, to this book, yeah, and uh, we are talking to uh, John Blaney. John, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you very much. And it's nice yeah. to be able to see you this time. Yes. This... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so when did you have John on previously? Well, this I believe it was 2019. Uh, we had John yeah. on, right? But yeah, before you uh, came on, uh, Andy, and uh, we, you know, as we know, we were the audio show, and uh, back then, where uh, you know, we used uh, ancient, uh, you know, um, ancient technology. Was it, was it, yeah, was it, was Skype, it Skype? Skype? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Skype. We used, you know, but uh, but no, well, we, you know, we heard John loud and clear, and uh, it was fine. It was a good show, and. Uh, you know, and now that we're um, now that we're video as well, we thought we have John back on, and uh, you know, we'll yeah. talk about his books, and you know, he's got some some goodies that uh, in his collection that uh, he he put in this book that we'll show and we'll talk about later. Uh, yeah. But John, let's 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 just talk about uh, you for a second. Were you um, were you a, a Beatles fan first, a solo fan first, or because you know your your books deal with solo careers? You know, so let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, I, I discovered the Beatles when I was at school. I, okay. I, uh, I took music lessons because I was lazy and they were easy. And I thought, <laughs> I can learn to play the guitar. That's cool. <laughs> okay. And the only, the only book of music, the only book of popular songs they had was The Beatles Complete. Do you know the one? No. Beatles Complete. And it was The Beatles Complete for Piano. Okay. Which I was trying to learn a guitar, so some of the key songs are all in the wrong key. You know, <laughs> I'm trying to Blackbird in right. E flat. Mm, mm, mm. Now I know it's in G, right? But back right. then you go, how does this thing? I, you know, I'm trying to learn the guitar. I'm going to play Blackbird, and it says it's in E flat. So, anyway, so yeah. So you you came into lear learning about the Beatles, wanting to be kind of a musician first. No, no, no. I didn't want to be a musician. Oh, I, okay. I, I, I didn't want to do physics. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't want to do physics or uh, chemistry. You so know, you took so. the easy way out. I took the easy way out, yeah. So, and around about the same time, 
75-ish, 76, EMI re-released all the Beatles singles, you know, in the mm. green sleeves. Right. Right. I, I can remember uh, cycling up to my local, it was a chemist, chemist in England called Boots. Oh, yeah. To, yep. Yeah. And they used to have a record department. I remember cycling in my lunch hour. I was still at school, finished school at 12 o'clock, get on my bike, cycle up to Boots, and I remember buying Strawberry Fields Forever and Penny Lane. I rushed home and I just had time to play both sides before I went back to the school. And that's what <laughs> kick started it. It was going, ooh, you know, what a single, what a, what a single to, I just chipped, I didn't know. I hadn't a clue. Could have bought She Loves You or From Me to You, but I bought Strawberry Fields Forever, Penny Lane. That was the first Beatles single I bought. And then I was hooked. You were hooked. And they'd hooked me, they'd hooked me in, and I've been spending loads of money with another thing. <laughs> So I mean, do, I mean, could, could I mean, you consider yourself a collector as well, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I've, I've got a collection. Yeah, I mean, but uh, I, because I've been collecting since I was, was at school, so I bought all those. You know, you buy bought all those Beatles singles, and I got my dad. He bought me. I remember my dad bought me a copy of, copy of uh, Revolver. You know, because LPs were expensive things back then. It's what people. You know, people complain about the price of LPs now. Right, forty odd years ago, they were still expensive. You know, well, it's all relative. I mean, what would they go for? Yeah. About maybe five or six, five or six pounds for an LP. They were probably about four, maybe four pounds. Four pounds, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's. I know it sounds not like a lot now, but if you go back to then, yeah, and you've only you're only making a few bob a week. That's a lot of money. It was, yeah. You I mean LPs were for birthdays and Christmas? So I remember I got right. uh, I got a copy of the White Album for uh, a birthday present. Because uh, cool. it was I couldn't. I, I didn't have a job or anything like that, you know. So right. uh, you could afford to go and buy a single. Singles were seventy p, sixty five, seventy p. So you could, you know, you could take your pocket money. You could buy a single a week if you were lucky. Right, if you're lucky. Right. Yeah. But LPs, you know, I remember the the first LP I bought with my own money because my dad got me a job. Um, at a, he works at a dairy in in Bracknell, just down the road. Um, the he got me a, like a summer job there, and the first LP I bought was actually All Things Must Pass. Ah, I had my real money, real envelope, money, and envelope with, 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 with notes and with coins in it, right? And you go up to Debenhams, went up to Debenhams, and had a little record department, <laughs> yes, and that was like. Probably five pounds, five or six pounds that LP. Right, right, yeah. easily. Yeah, that's that was probably quite a big chunk of my meager weekly wage. You know, <laughs> <laughs> going to buy a record. Yeah, right. going to buy a record. And I remember walking back and looking at it and talking to someone else I was going up gone with. But, you yeah. know, that's what record collecting is all about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, were you also following their solo careers at that point in time as well? Were oh, you yeah. a fan of? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think uh, Wings at the Speed of No, uh, Wing, Wings Over America had come out. Okay. And someone at school had a copy. I didn't have a copy because, you know, as a three LP set, you know, I, right. I didn't have I remember, I think I bought maybe, uh, maybe I'm amazed. I probably mm. bought that single. as a single, you know. Um, and then, and I remember those EMI sleeves, you know, the green EMI sleeves. They yes. Had on the he turned it over and had pictures of the Beatles. I remember, I remember sitting there and going, oh, "That's that's Paul McCartney, okay, and that one's John Lennon, 
Mm-hmm. And I, that one was Ringo Starr. I couldn't work out who George Harrison was. <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> okay, who's, who's the fourth Beatle? Who's the fourth Beatle? And I eventually found out it was George Harrison. And then you kind of go, oh, hold on. They've all got solo careers as well. Right, oh, right, that's right. So then you kind of go, I remember getting, you know, Red Rose Speedway, buying that, and Mind Games, and uh, George, uh, like I say, you got the George Harrison also in the past, and then I think I've got a copy of Material World. And then it just, it just, it just opens out this whole world. It, yeah, it's just thinking about that, it must be so, to be in that period in the mid-70s, to A, discover the Beatles, but then also realize that there's solo stuff coming out at the same time to yeah. catch up on, on top of the Beatles stuff, too. I mean, it's almost like uh, overwhelming. There's so much to, to, to grasp and, and learn at that time. Mm. And also, the other thing, there was uh, they just started to republish the uh, Beatles Monthly magazine. Okay. So I, I used to get that every month as well. And there'd be news, because a little news page in the back. And going, you know, Paul's got a new single out and uh, a couple of right. other. And so there was all that happening. Uh, I wasn't in the, I eventually did join the Wings Fun Club, as it was called. Right. Was until probably the late 70s, I think. Okay. okay. The late 70s. That, that period of time, um, like the mid 70s, let's say, I mean, you know, in your, your, your what, teenage years? Yeah. Um, I mean, was it cool to be a solo Beatles fan, or was it cool to be a McCartney fan at that point in time? You know, in your area. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> not, not, not in England. Not oh. in England. No, no. Oh, all my friends uh, were into like Deep Purple. Yeah. Led Zeppelin. I remember borrowing a copy of Physical Graffiti of mm. a friend and Deep Purple in rock. Um, so no, the Beatles. Must yeah by by that point, especially in the UK, where you know if you were still right. a staunch supporter of Wings or McCartney, you were considered like pap. It was it wasn't really, you know, what are you doing well, listening to this? You know. Well, of course, you know, seventy six got Sex Pistols, yep. Yep. the whole punk thing comes yep. along. You know, it's all beginning to look a bit passe. I mean, I liked punk. I went out, I went out and bought uh, the Sex Pistols album the week it was released. You know. And I, I, you know, I, I liked the more melodic side of punk. I didn't like right. um, the more extreme, the heavier, the loud heavy stuff. stuff. Yeah. Elvis Costello came out of punk. Elvis Costello's not punk. He no, never was. I don't think he so. never <laughs> punk. No. But the first Elvis Costello album's a country and western album, for goodness' sake. They just, he's got Clover on it. Clover's back. <laughs> it was sold as being punk. <laughs> yeah. So no, 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 it wasn't it wasn't popular. Well, I too. think he had Elvis had that like kind of like that angry young man kind of uh, yeah, image. Yeah, yes, yeah. so he had the ang- yeah. angry young man thing down. Image, yeah, yeah. And obviously yeah. the second, you know, my aim is true. Uh, right. My aim claims the first one. The second, uh, this year's model. This year's model, yeah. That, that's just. That's oh, those funny. are great records. I mean, I think oh, his yeah. first four. I mean, you could put his first four up against anybody's first well, four. Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Get happy uh, is another one too that I yeah, really armed forces. Like. Armed forces is yeah, wonderful too. Yeah. yeah. It's on a roll. You know, oh yeah. Later on, there's the McCartney connection as well. You know, all these yeah, absolutely. People, you know, to one another. Yeah, yeah. 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 So um you know, getting older, getting into the eighties then too. I mean, I I mean, are you still following? Are you venturing yeah. out in your musical tastes as well? Oh, well, yeah, so by the late 70s, I, I was working in a record shop. Oh, great. Cool. Um, 
And although I say it myself, it was probably the coolest record shop in town. It, Saturdays were ram-packed. It was the place you went to meet your friends, okay? Mm-hmm. So if you were going to go hang out in town, you'd go, oh, okay, I'll see you at Quicksilver. It was called Quicksilver. See you at Quicksilver. Okay. So it was just, it was, it was manic. It was absolutely crazy, you know? And working in a record shop, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you, you let it be known to certain people that, you know, you're a Paul McCartney fan or you're a Beatles fan. Right, and, right. Um, you didn't have to buy. You didn't have all the stuff I've previously been buying. They were now giving it to me. Right. Perks. Perks. <laughs> I like this very much. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think that, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, Paul McCartney, I mean, wasn't re- still really wasn't. He was having the big hits. Right. You know, I mean, so 1980 was a tug of war. Or, well, tug of war was a bit later, isn't it? 82. Yeah, yeah. So McCartney yeah. 2, which does, which McCartney the album 2. does better in the UK than it does here in the US. I think yeah. it goes number one in the UK. It was a number one in the UK. Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. And then, and then you guys were playing the uh, the studio version, while over here we were playing the uh, the live version, which went That's to it. number one over here. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it's it's really weird how you know in the US. You know, throughout the seventies, Paul was doing just fantastic, or or better than he was. Mm. I mean, he was still doing fine in the UK. Well, um, don't, don't forget. I mean, Wings had the biggest selling single of all time in the UK. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and actually, Tom and I talked about this not too long ago. Outside of charity type releases, right. you know, like the Candle in the Wind song or the Band Aid song, it's still right. the number one selling single outside right. of you know yeah. charitable type. You know, singles. So it's still, mm. it's still. Mull of Kintyre still holds that ranking. Yeah, and outsold the Beatles. Outsold she loves yes. you. She yes, loves it you. did. You know? yes. And then, so he was still doing okay. Um, and he, when he was, you know, I, 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 I saw Wings in '79. Where at, John? Uh, Wembley. Okay. Uh, okay. Wembley, Wembley Arena. Um, it used to be called something else. It was where you know where all those Beatles, the, the enemy. Pole winners concerts. Yes, in '65 yeah. or something like that, yeah. they played there. Yeah, it's the same venue. It's the same venue. Okay. And if you've ever seen uh, the Mark Boland film, Born yeah. to Boogie, Born yeah, to Boogie, that, yeah, that with that Ringo venue. directing. Yeah. 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 So I mean, it was um, it was a fairly stripped down show. There's nothing, mm-hmm. nothing like today. You know, there was a, a few. Oh, you got the yeah. You, I mean, you got the explosions. You know, you got uh, yeah. everything going on. You know, it's a big deal. Oh, I tell you what I remember, the thing that really sticks in my mind, they did Wonderful Christmas Time. Yes, right. And one of the roadies came down on a rope dressed as Santa. That was the big effect. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Some poor roadie, get out there. Right. right. Let me start wonderful Christmas time, come down on the rope. Right. That was and, the big and- yeah, and the crazy thing is, that to that, I mean, he wasn't going to tour again for ten years. So, I mean, it's, that yeah. was it. Well, fate, yeah. fate, fate had a lot to do with that too. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. A lot, a lot of stuff went down. <laughs> right. Right. But it's, I think it's so cool. I mean, we've 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 interviewed a few people. We've had Lawrence Juber on the show, um, yeah. talking about that '79 tour, and uh, you know, it's always great to hear people that you know. Even we've interviewed other people that have also attended those shows that in '79. Small, very short gig. You know, it was only about. I don't know a dozen dates or something like that in seventy. Oh, yeah. You know, wasn't wasn't, wasn't too many dates, so you got to see them, which was you know incredible. You know, to and to play so much material from Back to the Egg too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he did maybe three or four nights at Wembley. Okay. I'm not sure. 
I remember, because back in those days, I had to get my dad to drive me into central London to buy the tickets, because... Right, how else were you going to get them? How else were It was either postal, mm-hmm. no chance. Forget it, you send your postal, didn't even have a cheque, so a postal order, don't know if you had those, send a postal order off and hope you get some tickets back. So I, mm-hmm. I got my dad to drive me up to London, and it was... Um, the old Virgin Megastore, and there was a whole load of people queuing up. Freezing cold day, and uh, that's why I bought, I bought my tickets doing that. You know, the hardcore, the hardcore fans. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, I remember myself getting in line really early in the morning to buy tickets. I mean, before you know the the internet days, but. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, those were uh, some dedicated people there. Oh, <laughs> you know? Certainly were. At least you, at least you stood a chance of getting some tickets because these yeah. days, I mean, I haven't bought tickets online for ages, but you know, you right. they go out, they kind of sell out in like thirty. Oh seconds. yeah, yeah, um, exactly. You know, it's a chance, do you really? I mean, no. At least if you went up there and you stood in line, you knew. Yeah, if you, you know, queued up, if you queued up at the venue, you had a half halfway decent shot of getting some tickets. Getting some tickets, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, when when so when did you uh start getting the the bug to you know want to you know write oh uh, well <laughs> many many years pass and um i I'd, I'd, I'd gone back to university as a mature student mm-hmm. um and i'd done a i'd done a degree in history of art okay i went to camberwell college of art and i did history of art and my tutor said, you should go and do a master's degree. Go to Goldsmiths and do a master's degree. Well, there was like a year gap between finishing at Camberwell and then going on to Goldsmiths. And I was looking for something to kind of keep my all the skills I'd learned, all the research skills and the you know being able to write a little bit. I wanted something to keep me going so I wouldn't get rusty when I started at Goldsmiths, you see. And at the same time, I was kind of looking for a Paul McCartney discography. Because this is, mm. you know, early days of the internet, but there's no discogs, no Wikipedia. Right. Nothing. Right. And the only thing I could find was that. Mm-hmm. And that, that book is called Working Class Heroes. And I'm wondering, I've never seen yeah. that one. Yeah. And it, this ends in 1982, I think. Right. Yeah, you're very limited then. I mean, you've got that book. Of course, you've got All Together yeah. Now by uh, yeah. Wally, Wally Pedrasic. Some of those, yeah. Of course, Yeah, Roy, see, I don't Roy think Shaw. he would have had that out there, though. You no, guys probably wouldn't no, have had this. Didn't, um, didn't have that. That was, now, that was published in 76, but it was, yeah, mainly, it was right. mainly here in America. Now, the Roy Carr book is also late 70s. You've got that, you know, yeah. to kind of use as a guide to kind of get a discography going. And that... Um, you know, that's really you were very limited in terms of what you could really read. That was it. That, as far as I was aware, that that was it in the UK. In the UK, yes. In the UK, that was you know two books basically. I mean, there might have been a few more, but really not in terms of discographies or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, well, if no one else is going to write it, I suppose it's it's down to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So when did you when did you initially get the idea to so to, to I mean where was where was McCartney at in his career when you really started to kind of get serious about writing the book? Was it was it in the nineties? Was it in the early two thousand? Yeah. No. yeah. It, it was it was it would have been the late nineties. 
when you first got okay when you so after yeah. flaming pie run double runnish 97 98 i think right so when you started to get serious so you know because yeah. that's the second you the second you undertake a project like this as you well know mm. um the second you've gone to print and publish it yeah. it's already it's, it's out of date already because uh, of the, yeah. so you you know that better than anybody yeah exactly yeah uh, of course uh, the, the other thing is you're always discovering new information about things and right you know, there's a lot more information now than we ever had. I mean, all those deluxe editions, you know, all the interviews and stuff in there. That are included in the things now, which you didn't have available for your research back then. You just had to go buy what you had. And one yeah. of the things I love about um, the, in your acknowledgments of the book, you have a little bit of a dig at MPL in there because they didn't offer any <laughs> assistance. <laughs> well, uh, I have to say, I mean... Uh, EMI, I, I did get to go to EMI archives. Oh, wow. And uh, I dug out some stuff there, but they're not very helpful either. In fact, the last time I wanted to do, I was trying to do some research on the Beatles, and uh, they were just making it so different. It was, they, they clearly, clearly didn't want anybody looking through their archives. I mean, they have the, I think, I presume they still got the, their website, you know, EMI archives. Right. Yeah. But you try getting in it, unbelievable. You know they don't want you. And at MPL, you know, no response from them. They weren't interested. Thank you very much. And now, of course, they've got archivists working for MPL. They've got two. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They've got a whole team of people that are just that are doing what you did twenty some odd years ago. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey Paul, if you're listening, I know some really good books that might be able to help you. But <laughs> I, I guarantee you. His, his team is aware of your works and other people's works to use. As a, I'm sure they have to be. If they're if they're any if they're any halfway decent archivists and researchers, they're you know they're looking at your books. They're looking at your works. They have to because you know I can remember when I bought this book around 2003 or four, and I actually bought it on a trip to England, and I saw it. I think oh, yeah. I saw it. I think I saw it in a Virgin Virgin megastore actually. Oh. Yeah, I saw it there, and, it, and I said, "Oh, a book just on Paul." McC I mean, I was—I couldn't believe it. A book just on Paul McCartney as a solo artist. I said, "I haven't seen one of these things in my life," and I, <laughs> and and it, and it wasn't cheap either. I think it was at least one. I think it was about twenty pounds, and yeah. that was twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. So wow. it was for a yank, that was a lot of money. Oh you know? yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I said, yeah. I, "I gotta have this book because there was nothing else really published, just just covering the solo careers." I'm like, oh. "I don't know this guy, but this is a book." Just on Paul McCartney's solo career, I got to have. A bit opinionated, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, though. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, um, you got this idea? Do you pitch it around to publishers? Do you automatically just say, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna publish it myself"? You know, talk about, uh, talk about that. Yeah, uh, you, you're aware of uh, Omnibus. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. 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 So I thought they're the publishers for me. I'll. Mm -hmm right to omnibus uh, i sent them a sample and uh, waited a few weeks and then i'm so naive you know I'm, I'm gonna, I've, I've waited like two weeks and everyone got back to me what's the matter with these people so i thought i'll phone them up i'll phone them up and i must goodness knows how i must have got through to like the editor or something and he, he said well yeah we'd really like to help you but we're also the publishers for MPL Music Books. 
and um, you know, we don't want to do anything that's going to upset Paul. You know, basically. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Don't, of course. Don't blame them. Don't blame them at all. But so that was Omnibus gone. Um, there was also uh, there was another publisher called Helter Skelter. Mm. There was a, a bookshop um, in what's called Tim Pan Alley, Denmark Street in London. Denmark yeah. Street in London. There was a fantastic. All it sold was music books. Music right. books. And they also had a publishing arm. And I sent it to them, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited. And they came back to me and suggested a few things they'd like to be in it. But by that time, I decided I'm going to do it myself. Right. So, you had enough. You had enough of yeah, being I've part of the enough. machine. Yeah. Two people. I'm, I'm an impatient kind of a guy. <laughs> Two people messing me about. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, so yeah, I just, I, I self-published it and then basically via that, I made contact with Backbeat Books and they're the ones who did the Together Alone. Okay. Okay. So they're I, the one, right. Yeah. So I, I followed it up with, uh, that John Lennon book. Right. So I thought, well, I've done a book about Paul. I'll do a book about John. Right. Self-published that one. That's why I self-published that as well. And I thought, well, I think this has still got a bit of mileage in it, you know, and We'll see what happens. So I went right. to see Backbeat Books, and they said, "Why don't we put both books together gotcha. <clears throat> to be the Together Alone book?" Yeah, that was... Alone book. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, so they they did that. Um, well, can 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 you talk a little bit about self publishing back then? Because nowadays it it seems like a lot of people are self publishing. Uh, Beatles and Beatles yeah, related through books. Amazon and things yeah. like that. You can sell, but you know, early two. I mean, uh, your the McCartney books oh three, the Lennon book is oh five. So that's right. early days of self publishing. So yeah, explain a little yeah. about how that was in the early days. Well, basically, I I had to get a big chunk of money together. Yeah, and and find find a printer, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> who would who would do it. And I think there was a thousand copies of the McCartney book and a thousand copies of the, the Lennon book. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, you got to get. Oh, how do I sell it? Right. Um, I think I had a website. Sold a few through the website, and then there's other things like I started approaching um, um, English Heritage because mm -hmm. they had the uh, McCartney and Lennon house. You know. Right. Of the National Trust house. Yeah, yeah. National Trust. I thought well, surely they'd want you know this to go in their shop. You know. <laughs> sure. Surely. I mean, this is surely. This is perfect. This is ideal to go in their little shop. No. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, knockback after knockback after knockback. But the McCartney book sold very quickly. I mean, that okay. sold out within months, basically. Wow. Okay. So and, I, I mean, obviously you priced it to where hopefully you're making a profit, too, for these. Uh, yeah, I don't think I made much. Okay, but you got your money back, though, I'm sure. Got, got the money back, yeah. yeah. Got the money back, probably made a little bit, and then you got that pot of money, and then you put that into the, I'll put that into the Lennon book. Into the Lennon book. Yeah, because I see on the Lennon book, it says limited edition of 1,000 copies. Yeah, there you go. On the yeah. Lennon book. doesn't say that on the McCartney book, but you said it was also 1,000? Uh, yeah, that was, there was only 1,000. That's it. There was a one-off print run, 1,000 yeah. copies, and that was it. So how long does it how long does that McCartney book take you? And are you also reaching out to other collectors to try to get images that you need uh, for the book? Oh, well, I, 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 well, it took years. I mean, probably took three years. 
Okay. Wow. Um, I'm not sure that I... Did I reach out to other McCartney collectors? Certainly later on I did. Right. Later, oh, on, for, for later on when you did the series that Tom yeah, has. Yeah. 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 People um, turned up all sorts of stuff I've never even heard of. Right. John, explain <laughs> explain the um the process of reproducing the artwork in the books, and was there any loopholes and permissions you had to use to get the images and the album covers printed in the book? Uh, well, basically, it's publishing be damned. <laughs> Is it, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's as simple as that. I mean, um, I think it's fair to say that most of the images are in the public domain. You know. Right. Album covers, sound goes, okay, MPL own the copyright on it, but, you know, trying to control something like that is almost impossible because you walk into any shop, any record shop, and there it is, you know, and uh, right. I haven't had any, well, fingers crossed, no, one, <laughs> no one's come back. Uh, later on with the Lennon book, I, I licensed uh, images from a few uh, photographers. All right. Uh, but you know things like covers and labels. I mean, you just have to publish and hope for the best. Nothing's happened. The best. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah. No, but yeah. those labels are, are are great to see because you know, as we know, the labels are changed from from pressing to pressing at yeah. times. You know, you got the Apple pressing, obviously, and then you got the you know the Capital pressing come yeah. seventy six and. And, yeah, and then, and you also kept it to just the UK and the U US releases as well, right? Good yeah. point, Tom. I was actually going to just ask, ask John about that. He kept it just basically the two markets, US and UK, instead of getting it into all the other markets and what they what these what the label. Which, you know, my co-host is a big collector of the singles of other markets and other countries. But I imagine that if you were going to tackle other other markets and other territories, that would have been a, a just a lot more work on your end to do that to uh, do what they charted and all that other stuff. Right. I'd still be doing it, really, <laughs> wouldn't I? <laughs> you probably would. Are you, are you familiar with it? Is it Marcus uh, Marcus Van Marcus Denbur, the German? There's a there's a German chap who I yeah uh, right yeah, got his books. He because he does all that. He does global, doesn't he? He picks right. a year. He's done like seventy to seventy three, I think. Okay. And uh, they're packed full of and. Here's the, here's the thing, he actually goes out and buys so practically everything that's in those books. Right, he's got. Is. yeah. Oh wow! So he, he his collection must be yeah, that's incredible. The, yeah, yeah that's the on, right, right. And that's the yeah. kick I'm on right now is the the picture sleeves from around the world. I, I think they're fascinating. You know, I yeah. love them. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. Of course, now you're lucky, you see, because you've got Discogs. Yes. Yeah, and eBay. Yeah. And eBay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it is a little so easier. It's a little easier. So, I mean, I deliberately stuck with the UK and UK, US. Right. Because otherwise, it would, it's, it's a big book anyway. It would have been huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. John, talk a little bit about. Uh, I just, one of the things I love about your book is that it's so. It's um, the way that you kind of laid the format out and the indexing and how you kind of used a num your own kind of unique yum numbering system to just talk talk about the tracks and you, you kind of go about you know well you know i'm not going to go through you know if there's you know the lovely linda's on you know three or four compilations i'm not going to write talk about it five times go talk go look about it when i first right you know wrote about it yeah yeah i mean that's just that would just be pointless repetition because it's <laughs> it's the same song 
there's only <laughs> there's only one recording of the lovely right. Linda, um, and you you said what you want to say about it, and if it turns up on subsequent comp compilations, well, go back and read the entry. You know, it's there in the book. Yeah, but know. but but to that, but to the flip coin to that to that is sometimes opinions change. Oh yeah. And, and ha have you have you encountered that? <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, uh, there are still albums that I don't like, but there are albums where you listen to it and you think, "Oh, actually, I was yeah. I really didn't I didn't like that when it came out." I mean, I can't give you an, an example off the top of my head about Paul McCartney, but recently I was listening to Kate Bush Aerial album. And I remember when that came out, I thought, this is a load of old rubbish. What on <laughs> earth is this old? Utter, utter, no, not this, no. <laughs> 30 years later, is it? 30 years later, I thought, I'm going to go have another listen to that. Right. I'm blown away by it. <laughs> what was I thinking? Right. This, is, this is a work of genius. It's symphonic uh, in its scope. You know. So... So it's safe to say that maybe your opinion has changed on on stuff like pipes of peace and average person and the other me. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no. Uh, no. <laughs> well, we'll this, is the, this is the thing I can't understand, right? So you get in George Martin and they do tug of war, right? And obviously George Martin he says, "Oh, I'm going to be really tough on you, Paul. It's only going to be the best songs, and we're going to produce." And they do a yeah, good album, Tug of War. I like Tug of War, it's a good album. Then they go on, they take all the little bits that they haven't quite finished with Tug of War, and they go, right, we'll make these into pipes of peace. What happened? Right. Between, uh, what happened, George? I mean, I wish you were still here so we could ask you, because something went horribly wrong. Well, I, I think, <laughs> I I think we can... I think we can chalk a lot of that up to maybe because Paul was still doing Broad Street at the same time, so... Uh... He wasn't totally committed to, to making a proper record like he was with Tug of War. Now, you know, 100% biased. I love Pipes of Peace, so I, I, I really can't say too much. About, I, I like well, the record a lot. <laughs> let me just say, having slagged it off, it's got, what, two number one singles on it? It's It's got a number one in the UK and then a number one here in the States. <clears throat> and Say, oh. Say, Say here and then Pipes of Peace there. Yeah, and they were number one at the same time, weren't they? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So, actually, I can't think of, can't think of any actually, other artists who right. had number ones in America and America, number one in England and America with different songs at the same time. Right. Can you think of anyone else? And plus, Pipes of Peace in the UK was his closest album to having two number ones because then Say 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 went to number two in the UK, uh, yeah. I believe, as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. he almost had two number ones on that album in the UK. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a really big, big album. It was a commercial right. album. Just right. like I like it. It's interesting, though, like the trends, and Tom just touched upon this, and maybe you can speak to this, maybe why the perception changed a little bit. In the 70s, Paul McCartney had a lot of success in America, huge success, five number one albums in a row with Wings, and did okay in the UK, top, mostly top ten. And then come the 80s, Paul starts doing really well as a solo artist in the UK with singles like we all stand together and coming up and, yeah. you know, pipes of peace and once yeah. a and some things like that, but we're in America, he doesn't start to do so well. So it's just interesting to see how in the UK in the eighties, he started mm. to do a little bit better where in the seventies, they didn't really embrace him as much. 
um, I don't know, maybe maybe it's just like radio support. It's, see, the thing you have to remember about the UK is we've never had the vast number of radio stations that you have, right? Right. We, mainly, the, we, there was Radio 1. That was Radio 1 was the, the station. It was the big pop station. And if they got behind a single and they, you know, really played it and played it and played it, people would just hear it, you know, you, over and over and over again. It was like, you right. know, it was a fantastic marketing tool. You know, that's what record companies, record companies employ pluggers and they would go and please play our record. Right, right, right. If we, if we can get it, if we can get it on the radio, people will hear it and then buy it. I mean, there's a... Um, a really big hit single by Jonah Louie called Stop the Cavalry. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No. It was, a, it was a number one single over here. It was a Christmas number one single. And the pluggers worked on that for weeks and weeks and weeks. And no one at the BBC wanted anything to do with it. <laughs> and then one DJ got behind it. One DJ got behind it. And he and started to play it. You, you make a great point, which I think a lot of our our, our our listeners and viewers maybe in America don't realize because we've got so many radio stations in this country, even back in the 80s. In the UK, yeah. you got BBC One, BBC Two, uh, and what else? The well, light. There were, there were independents. There was like Capital Radio. But they, they were all local. They, there were loads mm. of local radio stations. Local, local radio stations. Uh, so if, if, you, if you're in one country and you've only got two or three radio stations yeah. and your record's yeah. not being plugged, the influence of the radio station in the country in the UK is paramount to the success of a record. It's really yeah, amazing. We only had four television channels. Right. Right. We had four, you know. And Top of the Pops, which was the big TV program over here, if you know, if you got on that, you were watched by tens of millions of people. I don't know what the viewing figures were, they were like fifteen million or something for Top of the Pops. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's that's a big chunk of the audience. You know, well, that's so. the goal, really, because what they're playing the top ten, uh, yeah, the top, top ten singles. 40, I think top, top 40, forty, top yeah. forty. And if so you notice, you're on Paul, there, yeah, yeah, Paul did a lot more of those appearances in the eighties, getting his videos played, especially in the video yeah. age there in the eighties, going, you know, going on Wogan and and things like that. Yeah, Wogan, all those kind of shows. I mean, you know, he he, he knew that you had to put the, the work in. You know, you've got to go and promote right. yourself. You know, if you right. don't promote yourself, then uh, you know your record's just going to sink. You know? <laughs> it is. You know, George Harrison found that out with Gone Tropo. You know, yeah, you just yeah. put it out. He did nothing. Yeah, he did nothing. nothing. No promotion. And, it, yeah. and it's a great album, and it sank without trace. The next album, Cloud Nine, goes out there, loads and loads of promotion. Number one, you know, so yeah. it just right. goes to show. You know, when you get out there and you promote it, it makes right. a huge difference. Yeah. So. Did you sell out of your John book too? Um, no, what, did you... <laughs> what, do you want one? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, why not? <laughs> that's probably the only, yeah, it's the only book of yours. That's the only book of yours I don't have then. With I've, the... I've got one or two. I've got one or two. Uh, okay. I, can, I can spare one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, well, we'll talk after. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so then cool when did you... When, so with the when did you decide then to split up the uh, the McCartney? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm fascinated to hear about that because I don't, Tom showed me those you know when I'm, right. when we became friends and I'm like wait Blaney's got four books I said he's only got one book and I've got it I've had it for twenty <laughs> years and he's like well no there's four books so explain how the how your initial book 
got then subdivided into four books. And then, because obviously the first, the first run goes up until about driving rain ish yeah. or so. And then, exactly. but what Tom's got goes on a little bit later. So yeah, tell us how that worked out. Uh, so I did the McCartney book and then I got the deal with Backbeat and they put both books together. Right. Okay. Um, but they let me keep the rights for, for individual volumes. Oh, okay. Okay, so I could, I so again, they're, they're self-published. And I, I wasn't, sorry, Andy, but I wasn't very happy with the original book. I wanted there to be lots more illustrations. I wanted it to be in colour. You know, that that's in black, and your copy's in black and white, isn't it? Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, so I just thought, I could just make it better, you know. Um, I, I can get more illustrations. That's when I started reaching out to, like, McCartney collectors, Right. Uh, who contributed a lot of the images. Right. Um, because so, then in, in some of the volumes too, and like towards the end you show uh you'll show you'll show some picture sleeves from around the world. Yeah. You know, and stuff like that. And, yeah. and this is really how I started, you know, going through your books. I'm like, oh, okay, I don't have that one yet. Let's let's find that picture sleeve. Uh, <laughs> you know, and and this is great for collectors as well. Um uh, because you know obviously um you know, you, you might not know everything that's out there. I mean, this pretty much covers yeah, um, just about yeah. everything that's out there. I think it's fairly comprehensive, you know, for the right. for the UK and the US releases. Mm -hmm. um, it's got, because uh, later editions, as you say, there's all those kind of MPL promo CDs right. in the back and, and stuff like that. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, well, I, I, I'd like to think it's fairly comprehensive. Well, so what's the timeline then, John, when, when the book got expanded into four parts? What, what years, what, when did that all happen? You know what? I haven't, I haven't got a clue. <laughs> right. Hold on a minute. I've well, got, I mean, the first one. Copy here. There you go, because I think that comes out in 2010. Uh, Did it? First, yeah. Yes, you're right. Yeah. 2010. Okay. 2010. So we do our homework here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is always the way, right? It's always right. you guys know more about this stuff than the people who wrote the book. <laughs> Now, did, did all four volumes get released at the same time, or were they broken up? Uh, no. You know, I've got another one here. <laughs> so that's two years later. Okay. So that's right, volume. Maybe, is that the Nazis there, then? The one you got here? Four. Yeah, volume four. Maybe, maybe I was doing maybe uh, – well, I can't have done, what, one every six months? I don't know. Right. Something like that. But there you go. Uh, I've got I've got my work cut out for me then to get those other four now to to make it a little more complete. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure. No, uh, are they still? In, are they? Have you got that one? Oh yes, that's that's that. I bought that. That is yeah. a great book. How everything they touch turned to gold. Love that one. Yep, yep, yeah. that's a good one too. Absolutely love that one. I love that image for the cover too. It's a good cover. Apparently they um they they tweaked it a bit because how does this camera work? Because uh, George was originally at the back, they said, and they wanted really? him to be at the front because George was always the one who was supposed to be more conscientious about money. So they mm -hmm. they, they photoshopped it. That book was was such an education on on the value of the money and understanding the differences and the and what the money was at the time. You know, especially to a, you know a Yank like like me to understand the the British monetary system and how it worked back in, back then. It was that that's essential reading for any Beatles fan. Well, I mean, pre decimalization, the British monetary system was 
archaic to say the least you know because you had 240 pennies in a pound wow. 12 pennies in a shilling and you had things like half a crown which was two and six and like 10 bob notes i remember get god if my uncle or aunt or a granddad gave me a 10 bob note that was like way loads of sweets with that um, <laughs> And what year? Notes. What year did they finally um, get rid of all of that? It was seventy one? I think you talk about, about seventy one. Yeah, they started phasing it out, and then they brought in decimalization. Right. Yeah, yeah. which is just so much easier. You know? mm. Yeah, because like so many different. You're reading all at seven and six, and it costs this. Yeah. And as an American, you're like, what the hell does seven and six mean? <laughs> <laughs> and guineas, guineas, yeah, and guineas pounds. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be that'd be forty guineas. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like that famous scene in a Christmas Carol with the Alistair Sim, right? When he sends the boy back, you know, come back, I'll oh, give you yeah. half. Oh, you come back, I'll give you half a crown. <laughs> yeah, half a crown, two and six. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of money in those days, you know. Two and six was, you know, I sounded like an old man now, but. But um, no, that, that, that the, everything they touch turned to gold. Book, uh, I love that one, and I really recommend uh, our viewers and listeners to check that one out too because it's uh, it's an a, it's an aspect of the history that uh, is unique and and it really kind of helps you break down and understand what the what what it all meant in real time. I mean, if you, you think about how much money there was going into that machine that was called the Beatles, you know, mm -hmm. what, yeah, what, watching the Get Back, um, right. DVDs. The film alone. How much was it costing? They're just rolling and rolling and rolling. Right. You know, got camera crews and sound guys, and they you know, that was an expensive thing to make. You know, no nobody else could have done that at the time. No, I dread to think. There's there's a bit in the in the film, isn't there, where Glyn John says, "You yeah. do know it's costing you two and six a foot." Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah. And then 2015, you said, okay, I've done Paul uh, twice now. Let's, and, you know, John. And then we yeah. said, okay, well, let's get to uh, to get George. To and then you've actually got, the, the, you know, the two volumes actually in a hardcover, um, yeah. so, which yeah. is nice as well. So, you know, let's spend a few minutes on George because, I mean, again, I mean, the collectability on George, too, is, is, is just as, I think, just as good as, as Paul. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff out there. And, and tell you the truth, that George book was such a learning experience. Really? Because I had, I had to go off and get a, a good understanding of Hinduism. Mm. Because without knowing what, how the basic, you know, premise of Hinduism and what, and, and what, what that philosophy is talking about, right. you really can't understand a lot of what George was talking about. Because, you know, I think he says at one point, you know, um, uh, living in the material world, he said, is right. basically straight out of Hinduism. It's all Hinduism. It's it's all about spirituality and mm. the material world versus the spiritual world. And so that was, you know, I thank you, George. I'll say that now. I'll say th thank you, George. You know, um, for expanding my uh, my understanding of, uh, of of Hinduism because I found it I found it fascinating diving into that whole world. You know. And it gave me a much, much better understanding of what George is all about. You know. 
Well, that and, and the takeaway too is too. I think maybe a challenge, and I think you know just to go through that process and learn more about what what George, who George was, uh-huh. and then kind of going through his discography. Obviously, it's it's not nearly as comprehensive as McCartney. So you know, no. it's just it's it's just it's just shorter. He didn't put out as much material. So maybe by diving into George and learning about how he appreciated Hinduism and you know, mysticism and stuff like that was able to, you were able to do kind of focus that on more, even though the, the, the discography and the amount of the workload wasn't as much or as prolific as say McCartney. No, but the interesting thing is George was really prolific in the late sixties, like from 68 to 70. I mean, I, 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 even I was astounded. You kind of go, he's producing Billy Preston, Doris right. Troy, Radha Krishna Temple. He's working Bad with Finger. Peoples. Uh, he's working with Badfinger. He produces All Things Must Pass, the concept of Bangladesh. That's all like in the first three years of his career. Right. As just, just so, yeah, very, very busy at the beginning of his career. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And then he, he obviously slows off, you know, right. quite a bit. I've got a George story I can tell you. Have we got time yeah, for a George please. story? Please. Absolutely. Well, I was working in a record shop, and this is a different record shop, and it was in Reading, and George lives, used to live in Henley. Henley's about mm, 10 or 12 miles from Reading, really close. And uh, I was in a shop one day, and uh, this young lad comes up to the counter, and he asks for a CD. I can't remember what it was. I go, oh, yeah, we got that. I'll see and get the cover for you, because it was one of those shops where all the cases were out in the front and the CDs and that. So I'm walking around, walking around the counter, and I clocked this bloke stood at the end of the counter looking very sheepish. And I went, that's George Harrison. And it was Danny. It was Danny. Oh, it was Danny. Oh. Danny came in with it, with George. George was just stood at the end of the counter. And I'm going, oh, my God, it's George Harrison. Oh, but, <laughs> but, you know, try and be cool. You know, don't do anything stupid. You know, right. play it cool. Get the CD. There you go, mate. Uh, that would be whatever it was, nine ninety-nine. Give him his change, off he trots. About 30 seconds later, Danny's back. He says, um, Dad said I gave you a £20 note. I only shortchanged him. <laughs> you did? <laughs> <laughs> wow. For one Beatle, you don't want the short change. No. Just... Oh. oh, you gave him change for a £10 note. No, yeah, it's not, a, not a 20 because I was, I was, you know, I, you can imagine I was ringing it up on the till. I'm thinking it's George Harrison. That's right, you're not, Harrison. you're not thinking. Yeah, you're I'm like not thinking. I'm not thinking. I'm not thinking about the right change. I'm thinking that's George, George Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you, what, uh, especially the most money conscious Beatle. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, Danny, if you're watching this, I apologise. <laughs> your dad freaked me out. That's awesome. What a what a yeah. what a first hand cool. story. What uh, what what year do you remember? Do you remember what exactly approximately when when that well, would have been? I, I think it was the the Beatles anthology. It was around that time. It was okay. the ninety five, uh, ninety six. Yeah, yeah, it was around that time. And I tell you what, if you had seen, you would have walked straight past George Harrison. Mm-hmm. He was he, he had about oh hadn't shaved for at least a week and a bit. He had this kind of black beanie hat on. Mm-hmm. And do you know what a donkey jacket is? You know what a donkey jacket he had? It's like a, a real old rough workman's jacket. It's like a black okay. jacket and they had these plastic shoulder pads to them. Okay. And he just, you wouldn't have known it was him. You wow. know, really. And I just thought, oh, that's George Harris. That's, that's... <laughs> Why? George Harrison! Right. <laughs> why, why Soul Man? Why did you decide to call the book Soul Man? Uh, 
basically because of the Hindu aspect of it. That's what you know, okay. soul as in the spirituality, really. Okay. And I think okay. there's there's a, there's a lot of soul in George's music, and all those he loved all that Billy Preston and Smokey Robinson. Yep. And, right. and, you know, he was a double play, double meaning, really. Double play, yeah, 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 so, yeah. Like that. But he he was um, he was uh, an in, an interesting man. Let's put it like that. So you, you, you've, you've written three books on the three solo Beatles. You've written the book on the Beatles themselves the, with, the, with the money. What, what, uh, what was your favorite book? What, book? what book did you enjoy writing the most? Oh, blimey. They're all hard work, basically. I mean, yeah, it's just a case of you have to knuckle down. Yeah, I mean, when I, was, uh, when, I was from, when I was doing the Beatles book, I was, work, I was working full time. And I, I, I had a, I had a deadline. I had a year to do that Beatles book in. Mm-hmm. So I was working hard. I was working full time. I used to get home, and then I'd work from probably six till ten. Oh wow! Um, five, six nights a week, and then you know, you'd be interviewing people, transcribing right. the interviews. Um, I think actually, I went to the Chicago Beatles Fest, and I went to the the big library in Chicago. And oh, I yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, you know the, I've got stuff from Variety magazine and all that kind of stuff. So nice. it's, it, it's hard work. You know, it, mm. you, basically, it's five years. I would say you, if you're going to write something like that, it's five years out of your life. And wow. if you're Mark Lewison, it's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'll turn out to be 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> did you uh did you read did you read tune in did you read his first volume yeah the, the standard I, I, the standard one or the or the big the big one no just the standard one I'm, i was i was a bit skeptical i thought surely there there's nothing there's, it's all been done there's nothing no nowhere. not with mark no. this is just mark this is just unbelievable Right. The thing that sticks in my mind is about the beatles going to buy boots or something and they all had mm. smelly feet I mean, <laughs> well, the, the 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 work that he did to look just to reach out to these to get these first hand accounts from the from the right. living people that's that's where Mark shines because he he oh. finds these people that you know sold them boots or did whatever you know and whatever and he has it you know and uh, he, yeah. but he make he makes sure that the stories are corroborated too he just doesn't take you know one person's account right he makes sure that right. it's backed up too right. yeah. I mean he he he's he's right up there I mean he yeah. is. He's the gold standard. Right now, yeah, yep, he, absolutely. He is the gold standard. Absolutely. Know, and we are not worthy. We are not worthy. <laughs> we are not worthy to lick his pencil stub. <laughs> so, so speaking of not worthy, so is Ringo not worthy of you doing a, uh, a couple volume Ringo uh, book set? Um, I've got to be very diplomatic here, haven't I? No, be honest. <laughs> be honest. Well, I'll tell you what. Okay. The only... The thing is, Ringo's not a songwriter. No. He, he's an interpreter. So if I write a book about Ringo's discography, it's just really going to be about him interpreting other people's songs. Okay, last few years he started writing a few more songs. But, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I just, I don't think I find it very satisfying. Okay. You know, it's because, okay. you know, I mean, I love Ringo. I mean, I'm. Uh, what's his first uh, sentimental journey? What a great sentimental album! Journey, good but it's all, it's all covers. Covers. It's all covers right. you know. yeah. So what are you going to say? You know, uh, it was written in 1939 by Cole Porter. Uh, Hoagie Carmine. Yeah, that's it. 
right. What are you going to okay. say? Yeah. Well, yeah. What do you okay. say? Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> That's so, the only reason. That's the only right. reason. That's, you know, nothing against Ringo. I've got all. His, <coughs> well, I, haven't, I, I haven't. I actually, I enough. haven't got all his albums. I stopped buying. I stopped buying them some time ago. Actually. You're not. You're not. You're not missing much. You're not missing much. <laughs> you're not, you're no, not missing much. No, exactly. Can I, I think he did that one. Was it a Joss Stone on it or something? What? And I kind of thought, oh Ringo, what are you doing? Here? <laughs> I said, well, when he was working with Mark Hudson, was it Mark Hudson? Yeah, yes. Mark Hudson. Yeah. Well, they were great. Yeah, they, had, they had good records. Good records. They they made some good records, but as soon as he something happened, yeah, well, yeah, something something happened. We don't know what, but yeah, they just started going down here. You you got a stack of records there to your left, a little show and tell. What do you what do you what do you, what do you got there? Give us a show. Well, hold on one second. Hold on one second. Hold on. Well, well, before oh, we get to that, I just want to just okay. So you got you got the seventies volume. You got the eighties oh, volume. Well, you got the nineties volume. You got the uh, the Nazis the, the as, naughty. As, you, as, yep. as you want as you guys call it. Yeah. Two thousand ten to two thousand nineteen. You know, there's a bulk of stuff that's out play. now. I know now. I understand. There's a lot of reissues in that in this decade as yeah. well, but but you know you've got Ocean Kingdom, you you've got Kisses on the Bottom, you've got New, you've got Egypt Station, you got Hope of the I'm not Hope of I'm sorry Hope of the Future, <laughs> you got oh, Hope of the Future, you got Blink of an Eye. I mean, there's Pure, still, Pure McCartney. You still got you know Pure you got Art of McCartney. Um, you know, so I mean, there's there's quite That's a, a tribute of, record though. That's a tribute, but you could you could I mean, oh, put yeah, that out there. You know, but it's um. There, I mean, there's still a lot out there that you can you can write about. And listen, a couple fans have come up to me and say, "Hey, why isn't there a volume five? You know, I've I've reached out to you about this, and you've given me your reason. Go ahead and and, and talk about it now." Well, it's because I'm lazy, basically. <laughs> <laughs> we'll help say, you. We'll help you. <laughs> as as we say in England, I can't be asked. Yeah, it can't, I can't yeah. No, I, I did start it. I yes. Oh, you did. you I did. Start, I started it, and it's just, it's like what you said. I said, well, there's an awful lot of reissues here, right. which I've kind of already dealt with in the you know the earlier volumes, and while I think the way those deluxe editions are presented is fantastic. I am a little bit disappointed with the bonus audio. Oh, well, yeah. Oh. I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, and I'm I found myself sing and I found myself, you know, just sitting at the tea keyboard and I think, well, it's not as good as the version that came out on it's not quite up to yeah, you know, it's like do, it, do I don't want to be negative, you know, but I don't want to be a fanboy. I don't want to be gushy, right. gushy. Try to, know, be try, try to be objective. Yeah. They try to be objective. And I just, I, and also, I tell you what, you, we mentioned this earlier on. I really didn't like Kisses on the Bottom when it came out. Mm. I I thought, oh, oh, what, <laughs> what are you doing? Mad. But having said that, my opinions changed. I listened mm -hmm. to it recently. I thought, well, actually, it's not as bad as I thought, you know. Yeah. And he's singing, and the way he the way he sings it, I didn't like the way he sang it, uh, you know. And I'm thinking, well, actually, no, I think he was right to sing it that way. And, uh, yeah. So um, I haven't answered your question, have I? Um, <laughs> 
Well, kind of. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously a, a fifth volume would be a lot of, I mean, you've got new studio material to talk about, but a bulk of it would be these reissues. And you've said, yeah. well, how, yeah. how better can I say that these bonus tracks aren't great? I think where you might agree is that the, where the archive reissues really excel is in kind of photographic content and, and pictures and essays and stuff like that and lacking on audio. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, yeah, yeah. we can't well, yeah. get more, can we? What, can, what, what, what else can so? How much could you write about these archive sets? I mean, maybe, maybe, but other than I mean, you've said it already, you know. Yeah, exactly. I kind of said it already. Um, oh, I don't know. You put me on the spot here, haven't you? <laughs> Well, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's I mean, there, but not only is there a lot of reissues, but I mean, he was busy as well. I mean, yeah. I mean, you also got cut me some slack that he did with the Nirvana. I mean, there's there's oh, still yeah. a lot of stuff. There's still a lot of stuff out there that yeah, he did yeah. with uh, other people. Uh, you know, Songbird mm. in a Cage is another one that comes up to my mind uh, with the actress. I, I'm yeah. you know, forgetting her name at the moment. But um, yeah. I mean, there's just so much stuff that that you know that can be talked about as well, and and plus just for you know the collecting ability of of the book, where you're 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 showing you know the CD, you're showing the label, um, and letting younger fans you know know you know mm -hmm. what 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 else is out there, and that, and I think that's what I really love about your books is because you're you're bringing awareness to to what's out there. Making me feel guilty now. <laughs> well, that's the point. No, uh, you, well, you know that was that was his whole point. How many times, John? You know I want volume five. Volume five. John, honest, honest to God, over the last couple of years, I can't tell you how many times Tom has told me, "I really wish he'd do volume five. <laughs> I tell you what, I'll do a bespoke issue just for Tom. How about that? Oh, okay, thank you. Very. Okay. Nice. I'll do it just for you. Okay. I appreciate but, uh, that. <laughs> what do you have? What do you have a couple of your favorite records there to yeah, your left that you wanted some, to show uh, us? Some rare stuff I, here. They have stories attached. Hopefully, we'll yeah. Let's, let's hear them. Let's hear them. Cool. Okay. There we go. There first, we go. first edition. Is that yep. a first edition of McCartney too? Well, oh, hold on. Oh, oh. A promo maybe. Oh, hold on. What do we got? Oh, oh the press got release. Press yeah. So it's um. This oh. is the this is the press pack. Oh, very for the cool. album. Oh man! And this is you're—you're going to hate me. You're going to hate me. <laughs> is that an invitation to go to something? It yeah. is. Oh, Playback wow. of his new LP. Uh, wow! In in Birmingham on the seventh of May at seven p.m. Wow! Nice. nice. That was oh. it. I was I was the callow youth. <laughs> um, I, well, it was super cool. I was stood at the bar. I was still at the bar ordering a drink, and Paul McCartney came in and stood right beside me. Oh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so we've had the George Harrison experiences. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh, it's, it's, it's Paul McCartney. Oh, it's Paul McCartney, and he stood beside. And he just put me. He put people at ease. He goes, "Oh, what are you drinking? I remember this. What are you drinking?" And I was I had a glass of wine or something. And he, he ordered that Beagle's drink, you know, the the rum and coke oh, yeah. or whatever, yeah. the whiskey and coke. And he ordered that. So we had a bit of a chat. We had a bit of a chat. I got him to sign a couple of things which I haven't got here. And if you've have you got the deluxe edition of McCartney too? Of course. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. If you open it up, you'll see there's some pictures of uh, fans at the event, right? If you look very very closely, you can see the top of my head. 
Okay. You're going to make me dig that off the shelf now, John, and go look for it. <laughs> I was stood right beside him, and a photographer came, out, came around and said, yeah, can we have some, have some photographs? And so I just turned around. I was on McCartney's right. And the moment the photographer went click, this woman went, Oh, oh no. <laughs> Wow, so this is 1980. Wow, so 1980, yeah. So uh, I got that. Wow, also, um, that is incredible. This is a test pressing, test pressing oh, wow. copy of McCartney, too. Huh. You know how I got this? Do you know how I got this? How I was at work in the shop and I was wearing an, an Ultravox shirt, okay? It was a kind of white shirt and it had Ultravox embroidered on it and okay. the emi rep comes in he says that's a nice shirt isn't it I'm like, yes it's good isn't it he said um do you want to swap it i said well what for he goes i've got a test pressing on the McCartney two album did you have another shirt did you, you had to put another shirt on oh I, I gave it to him the following week i laundered it <laughs> nice i would have said here take it now give me the press give me the test pressing <laughs> So that was one of the perks of working in the shop. As soon as they knew you were McCartney fan, there's probably no one else to give it to. Yeah, you know, they probably know, you know, who wants it? Oh, who wants this? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So second in the, the uh, show and tell. Oh, yes. Picture. Oh, boy. Picture this. Yeah. Back to the egg. Picture disc. Yeah. Oh. You got that one, Tom, or no? No, not yet. It's on my radar. <laughs> so yeah. that one, again, same record shop. Uh, the people who own the shop, bloke called Kevin and Kevin and Neil, they own the shop, and occasionally they would have to go up to EMI's offices in Manchester Square, probably to talk money or something. Mm. And one day Neil came back, Neil Howard, and he said, oh, "I've just seen a picture of this girl, new Wings album." No rubbish. Doesn't there's no such thing, you know. Because it's only a promo. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I'll get it for you. I go, oh, well, all right, if you can get it for me, I'll have it. <laughs> Week later, there uh, you go. Did you try playing that? I played it once. Yeah. It's it's, it's got a couple of marks on it because it was, right. it, was, it was actually pinned to the wall, apparently, at EMI's offices. Okay. But it plays okay. plays fine. Okay. You know, picture disco. You know, thing, things that people would give their, you know, gold teeth for. You were just given because of your connections <laughs> at a record store. It's yeah. incredible. <laughs> I know. It's, it's mad, isn't it? Right. <laughs> here you go. Have you? Have it. Have it. Uh, what else we got here? Um, oh, yeah. Do you have Do you have memory almost full over there? I see it. Right. I think I see it. I yeah. See memory almost, memory full. almost full. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second because there's a difference. A little bit of a difference between the U U.S. and the U.K. I believe the, yes. the U.K. the U.K. folds folds down or folds well, open, I, right? I, I have both because I'm okay. that bad. This is the American version. Yeah. Okay. This yeah. Was mine. And you, yeah. It's it's thicker card. This is on really nice thick heavyweight card, and okay. the U.K. version is on like glossy paper. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, I think the the U.S. version is probably better than the um, right. The UK version. Yeah. 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 I've always been amazed, John, at the quality of the, the why the UK pressings always had that glossier print than versus the US copies of records in oh. your country versus our country. The the, I don't, the way they're reproduced or the way they're manufactured, they're always a little more glossier in the UK yeah. and thinner 
than than their U.S. counterparts. I've always been fascinated by that fact. Yeah, I I, I think basically is money. I, I, I think, <laughs> I, I, think uh, I think capital uh, didn't want to spend any money. They wanted to do it as cheaply as possible. Cheap, yeah, because they're just they're made better in the right. UK. They just yeah, are. And, yeah, I mean the the UK ones. They're, they're lovely gloss laminate on them. Yes, and back sleeves and right cardboard, really thick, you know, card sleeves. Mm-hmm. Americans, not not so much. Kind of just you know no. cheap, cheap on the cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, and and there's you know the story about Capital only putting uh, what was it ten tracks on an album to save yep, money. Right. Yep. You know. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah. It says it all, doesn't it? it? Says it all, really. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah, what else you got? Oh well, I've got a Beatles thing. Yeah, sure. Have you you seen that? Not is that is it a is it a what is it? Is it just a? Someone's been very naughty. Someone's wow. been very naughty. And you know the stream. You can only yeah. get this on the uh, Disney Facebook. Plus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so it's a bootleg then. Yeah, it's bootleg. But yeah. means. Wow, that looks Lo- pretty... lovely. Glossy in a sleeve. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that a was... poster. I tell you what, these 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 chaps are getting very uh, interesting with what they produce these days. For not being, <laughs> we're not being official. Wow. I mean, Apple have surely missed a trick, haven't they? You know, oh yeah. Oh, to put a vinyl version out of the south yeah, of yeah. just the rooftop. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And it's on, uh, you know, green. Oh, vinyl. nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I was just at the Beatles Fest. It's amazing. Even just walking around record shops here in my part of the world, the bootlegs command. As much or more than a standard L, a standard LP, LP now. Yeah, it's like, the, it's like the bootlegs have become collectible, which is crazy. Well, if you think about it, I mean, they were all made in fairly small numbers. Yeah, and they were, and they were fairly difficult to get hold of. Um, right. You know, there were there were certain shops you right. knew kind of right sold bootlegs. Right. Um, I remember you, you'd go up to. Um, Oh, what's one of the markets in London? I can't think which one, what it is now. Not Petticoat Lane. One of those. You go up to these London markets, and there'd be there'd invariably be someone there with a stall selling bootlegs and things. Like yeah, that. I mean, because they, yeah, they were so few pressed anyway. What do you but got? Yeah. I mean, whoever, whoever did this, what a fantastic job! They got a, yeah. they got a really, oh, I believe really it. Good job. Yeah. And maybe, maybe maybe they'll release one now. Who knows? Maybe maybe Apple will release some. Oh, what's the other thing? Um, whilst we're here, what are your opinions on the revolver? There's supposed to be a revolver box. Set oh, I'm there. all for it. Yeah, uh, I would love to hear a new mix of it. Um, if you know, if if it's done the right way, well, I think if they do those kind of, you know, have you listened to any of those Lennon box sets? They do this evolution thing yeah. where they show you the track, how it started, and then how it kind of all different until they finish. If they do something like that with revolver. Because I don't think that the well is kind of dry in terms of e- extra stuff. They're going to really have to get creative with what they do with mm-hmm. this set. I mean, because there's not a right. whole lot of out there. So if they do some kind of thing where we hear Rain or Paperback Writer presented from its, you know, bare bones level and how they kind of build it up, I think that would be sonically a great listen. Well, that's what I was thinking because, you know, we've all got the bootlegs and what have oh, you. Right. And the, the, there's not a lot from Revolver, is it? That, no. No. So I'm just wondering how they're going to build a box set out of it. I mean, I'll buy right. it. Of course I will. Oh, it. yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the um, the thing I probably spent the most on to get in my collection was... was uh, Twin Freaks. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I bought two of those. I got two of those. I bought them when it came out. Um, gotcha. Well, yeah. 
I've got as well that really annoy you. I've got the uh, <laughs> rinse the raindrops 12, 12 inch. Oh, you mean uh, really love you? Was it really, really love? No, you? no, no. There's a promo. There was, oh, there's a, a promo for rinse the raindrops too. Yeah, yes. part yeah. of Twin Freaks, right? Yeah. It's part of yeah. Twin Freaks. Yes, yeah. yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. Uh, that was quite a find, and it's you know you got yeah. two of them. Wow, I got two. Yeah, I just but the thing is, I just bought it when it came out. You know, I mean, right? I was just, I just, you know, I've. I was on a mailing list or something. You go, okay, there's a right. Paul McCartney album, and I just bought it like the Fireman album. That first Fireman right. album, Strawberries, yeah. Blah, 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 yeah. Um, I just bought that on spec. I didn't, I didn't really know if it was Paul McCartney because it was, you know, they were being very, very cagey right. about yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you need I, that I, one still, I think, Tom. No, I've got that one. I just need the only thing I need on vinyl really is is now is uh, rushes. Is rushes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've got that. <laughs> he's got of course, because he's in the he's in the motherland. He's in the yes, motherland. Yes, exactly. So of course, he's got yeah. it. Well, see, this was a UK only release. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah. So of course, yeah. he'll you know he'll have the the opportunity to get it. So then exactly. going back into uh, to uh, other countries now. This this is uh, the twelve inch. This is only a Brazilian. Uh, oh yeah. Release. Yeah. Okay. So there's not not many countries did a twelve inch. Uh, version of of waterfalls. Uh, nice. So like, this was a pretty cool. That's pretty uh, like the like the Brazilian once upon a long ago. Exactly. Uh, well, there you exactly. go. You've got one up on me because I haven't I haven't got that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and then here's speaking of Brazilian too. I just got this the other day. Is uh, the Brazilian off the ground? Oh yeah. Um, so this was yeah a Brazilian pressing. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So just finding that you know stuff from around the world is. Well, it's amazing. You you can still if you look on Discogs, which I know you know, and my collection's on there too. But you know you can find a halfway decent priced record um, on there, but then to get it shipped from the UK will cost. Oh, just, it's, a, it's just as much. It's yeah. it's just as much as what the what they're looking for the record. You know, so yeah. it's uh, the shipping. Uh, it's great having all these online markets to buy from where you want, but to get it shipped is um, it's it's yeah. only half the it's half the cost or more in some cases. Yeah. You, know, you look for a twelve inch single that you want. I, I was looking. I wanted to get a copy of McCartney two, an original Parlophone pressing. And All right. relatively cheap. I think it was like, I don't know, right. five pounds, six pounds. Right. right. Uh, 12 pounds, at least 15 pounds to ship. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at yeah. least. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I know it's, it's, it's made collecting overseas releases really expensive. And then I don't know what it's like we're in America, but yeah. Uh, tax and VAT. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So yeah. As well, you know, so it's just. Uh, yeah. Uh, they they yeah. they've almost killed it in a way. They've almost killed it. Mm. You know, they're putting all these extra taxes and costs on. You know. Yeah, especially in the UK with the VAT. That's a whole other thing that most most Americans have no one. You know, when you buy something, you got to pay that too. Yeah, well, well, you've got a slightly different system, haven't you? Because you did you have goods and service tax, and was uh, that Canadian? No, uh, that's uh, that. That might be just be Canada. We don't have that because. Uh, but over over in America, you you buy something and it's four ninety nine, and then when you take it to the till, they add the tax on, don't they? Correct. Right. Depending 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 on what's and then that that tax is different depending on what state you're in. Like in yeah. New York, it might be eight and a half. I don't know. It used to be eight and a half percent. In yeah. another in Pennsylvania, it might be six percent. So it's, yeah. it changes state to state. Yeah. Whereas yeah. over here, it's it's just a flat rate and it's included in the price. So if it's yeah, you take your four ninety nine item up to the till, 
it's for oh, it's included. It is included oh, in the included. price. Okay. Oh, it is. Uh, okay. yeah. That's yeah. that's okay. That's cool. That actually um, is good. So, so besides uh, Volume Five of songs, we, uh, songs he was singing. Do you have anything yeah. else in the works, or <laughs> are you working on anything, or just enjoying well, life right now? I've I've started doing some painting. Okay. Um, I, I haven't. Have we got anything I could show you? Um, do you want to see one? Yeah, sure. absolutely, absolutely. Oh, I'll have to unwrap it. Here we are. Uh, I've always been interested in art, and I did an art history degree. And uh, mm -hmm. I thought, I thought, you know, I'll get back into it. So it was kind of pop art typey things. Oh, okay, cool, very yeah, nice. Well, things like that. Yeah, I like so, it. That's Joe Strummer, obviously, yep. from Flash. You know, so Flash, yeah. Do those kind of things. That keeps me occupied. Um, I haven't. I really don't do much writing. I mean, okay. obviously, now I'm going to just knuckle down and do Volume 5. Thank but, you. Yes. <laughs> 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 but no, I, ha I haven't done any writing for, well, since the George Harrison book, whenever that came okay. out. What was that, 2015? Something like that, yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah. There was the two volumes, yeah. Yeah. So, how did that book do, by the way? It did okay. It was self-published again, with, and okay. you know, a lot easier. And also, it's available globally because uh, okay. um, I go through a company who've mm -hmm. got uh, kind of print on demand, and they've got facilities around the world. So, you know, okay, all right. So anyone can still buy those books. It. Unfortunately, I mean they are exp they're expensive because they're in full color and hardback right, and right, uh, right. You know, so I, I wish they were cheaper, but um, it's right. beyond my control because the company I use set the price. It costs mm -hmm. me to print it, and I'm and then Amazon take a cut, and then right. I get a teeny weeny little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's the, way it's the way it is. Is if you're self-publishing, that's what happens now. Yeah, but yeah, you know, I didn't do it to make money. I did it because I enjoyed it, you know. And um, right, it's a bit of a challenge, you know. Mm -hmm. I like I like things like that, you know. I like I like the research aspect of it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, probably more than the, the writing bit, but uh, so yeah. Cool. Cool. Volume five. Sometime in the next 20 years. I'm taking the Mark <laughs> Lewison approach to it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There's the answer right there. There you go. Yes. So now follow, follow Mark's yeah. lead. <laughs> Perfect. Well, John, this was this was absolute treat for us to have you back on and just to you know discuss the books again. We really appreciate it. Well, and, uh, you know, thank really you for asking me because. Uh, yeah. I mean, as you know, I haven't exactly got a huge online presence. I haven't got a website or anything like that. Right. I do tend to hide away in my well. little <laughs> office. So, um, right. so, so thank, thank you both very much for uh, yeah, no, an entertaining no, hour and 20 minutes. And uh, No, but thank, thank you. Thank, it. it's been great. No, no it's uh, been great. It, your, your book was an introduction to finding books that were just on Paul McCartney as a solo artist. And, uh, you know, it's been like a Bible for me. It's, it's on, it's on the Lewison level. It's the Mattinger Easter. It's no, 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 no. it is no, but that's no. how I, that's how I classify it because it's, it's a perfect go-to book to look at, um, for a discography. And, uh, you know, it's, I'm, I'm very thankful that I, I found the book when I did. And, uh, 
strongly encourage everybody else to go get it either. Now, could you get, can you still buy this one or is no. it, or you can't buy this no. one anymore. So you got to get no. the ones that Tom have. Okay. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I mean, I'm sure you could probably find that on eBay. Probably. Well, is, yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen it on eBay and it's for stupid money. You know, it's like $300 or something. Oh, wow. yeah. don't, like, listen, people don't pay $300 for it. <laughs> basically basically because i'm not getting any of it exactly (laughs) see that's why that's why the archive the art prices of the archives go up a little bit because you know mccartney's team they see that you know those past out of print archives are going for big bucks so they're thinking okay well if they're going to go for big bucks maybe we can start charging a little more and a little more, and a little yeah. more, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, one. Did you get the uh, the fireman box? Did you get that? You know, that came in a big steel box. Did you get one of those? No, didn't, no. I no, I didn't. No, didn't get no get that. No, yeah. but I've seen it, and it, it's 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 pretty. It's very <laughs> impressive, isn't it? Yes, it sure is. Yeah, yeah it yeah. sure is. Like yeah. So those 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 weird ones, those weird releases, you know, like the the uh, the Run Double Run uh, singles collection oh, yeah, that I got yeah, right there. Yeah, you know, yeah. again, I mean, if it, they're only in, released in the UK, I mean, they're hard yeah. to get here. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's like in your book, you show that picture of the all-the-best promotional 7-inch single buy. I yes. would love to look now, at listen, that. Now, I'm telling you right now, those all-the-best, that set, yeah. Somebody had that on eBay and that and ended up going for over two hundred dollars. I, I was I was locked in for a hundred. I would have probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have spent any more than a hundred on that. That but looks they, nice. And, and up, oh, those were beautiful. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was given one of those as well. <laughs> well I figured that because it's in your book. And I love that's a great set. The all the best promo seven inch thing. Uh, I was I was told by the rep because you know it comes with this a uh, little uh, like seven inch by seven inch photograph of Paul and it says all right. the best. Yes. Yeah. Apparently, I was told by the, the sales rep at the time. Apparently, some of them were actually signed by Paul McCartney. I believe so it. I, I, I assume those were the ones who went to like friends and family. Right. And, you know, the, the head of EMI probably got one. Dear, probably. Well, yeah, the promo stuff is, you know, oh, that's the, the stuff best. that, you know, yeah. yeah. See, going for two, three, five hundred dollars. Well, if you want to do another, if you want to do another show, I'll dig out all my promos, and we can. That would be awesome. We'd yeah, love that to. Would be great. Yeah, yeah. We'd love yeah. to do another promo. one like that. Yeah, yeah do a promo show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, just let me know where and when, and. Uh, all right. Cool. We'll, we'll, we'll do, do something. All right. Make him sick with jealousy. <laughs> oh, he'll. Hey, listen, I'll be jealous, but Tom's jealousy goes off the charts when he he doesn't have. You know. So. Andy, what you got going on, oh. my friend? I've got oh, one other thing. One other thing yes. I can show you. Sorry, I yes, forgot you please. can edit this in. Okay. Yeah. So, you're all familiar with this? Of course. Yeah, yeah of course. What's different about it? Alternate. No, the different, 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 different uh, image on the single. Yeah. No, I never saw that one. Uh, that one. Yeah, yeah. The, that one. Yeah, that one there. What's yeah. unique about that? It's withdrawn. Oh. It was, it was um, never, never came out. No, it was never, oh, never so released. that was, was that was that going to be the sleeve, and then they changed it. That was going to be the sleeve. Yeah, that was. Uh, oh wow! Is it record in there too, or just the sleeve? Yeah, records in that. Oh wow! Of course, records in there. They used to be. They used to be. Oh, I'll go bore you now. There was there's a great record shop in Hamway Street in London. There were there were two really good record second hand record shops in Hamway Street, which is mm-hmm. at the Tottenham Court Road end of um, Oxford Street. And there was this it was, a, it was a dirty, grubby, horrible record shop. And I went in there and it was stuck on the wall. 
Mm. Ooh, what's that? I'll have that. I'll have that. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's nice, John. That's a nice so, uh, one. Yeah. There you go. Very yeah, cool. Very cool. Better, better picture too. Yeah. It is a better. Isn't it's a better. That's a much better sleeve. I yes. love it. I love, love that it. one. Why? Why on earth did they go with the other one? I mean, I'll uh, I'll take that one too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, no, 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 with me, nothing much. Just uh, recovering from the fest. I know I have to get another some more videos up on my own channel. Uh, that's the other leg, Andy's Music Vault, and I promise you, I will. I just had a whirlwind of a couple days in Chicago, so I need to kind of recover. But before the before the month is out, uh, we'll have another video up on my own channel. So check that out. Excellent, excellent. And uh, my other show, Talk More Talk. Um, by by the time this is up, we'll have interviewed uh, and uh, posted our uh, our episode talking to Owen Ling on his new book, George Harrison in the 1970s. And uh, you know, a lot of a lot of interesting. Uh, Owen has some really yes, he does. interesting opinions on on, on, on yes, things. he does. And uh, you know, we're going to be talking about that. Um, a lot of those interesting opinions on on the on the show. So uh, by the time this is posted, that episode will be up as well. So um, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Two Legs Podcast. You can check out our YouTube channel, Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast, and um, our email address, Two Legs Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you everybody so much for for watching or listening. However, you uh, check out our show. John, this has been an amazing time, hour and a half with you. Just love, love it, love the, love the knowledge and and you know your experience writing these books. And hopefully, we'll get you back on again to talk about these wonderful promos, uh, promo collection that you have. And um, which will, you know, for you audio listeners, you're going to have to tune into the YouTube version. Exactly. For that. So if we get John back and he shows us these great promo collections that yes. he's got, you're going to have to check us out on video because you won't That's be able right. to hear. When he shows his awesome things that he has in his collection, that is that's very true. That's <laughs> very true. Anyway, look, and again, thanks for having yeah. me on. I've really enjoyed it, and uh, thank you very much. Ooh. Thank you, John. So, well, for Andy, for John, I'm Tom. Saying, have a great day and a beautiful night. Take care, everyone. See you, folks.